Good morning, Canoe Creek. It's Easter Sunday. And you know, when we look at Easter Sunday, the reality of it is there's a lot there. I think sometimes we reduce it to just the idea that Jesus resurrected from the grave, which is very true and very important. But think about all that comes before that. I mean, his entire life, his three years of very active ministry. In the last week alone of his life, there's just so many details there that are so important. Let me just plainly say what I'm thinking here. Before there was a resurrection, there had to be a death. And before there was a death, that means that there was a crucifixion, which is not always the pretty side of Easter that we see sometimes. And the hard truth is, is that the crucifixion of Jesus is the revealed truth of God's judgment on sin. You know, Jesus was separated from his father in that moment because he bore uh, the sin of the world and God's judgment was poured out. I I know that that's like not the exciting, hopeful thing that we want to hear on an Easter Sunday. But at the end of the day, the only way we can really know what we have been saved to is if we have a concept and understanding of what we've been saved from and what it cost to save us from it as well, which is so important to recognize. Now, There's nothing in all the scope of time more powerful than the resurrection of Jesus in all recorded history. It shook the very foundations of hell, and it shook it in such a way to shake loose and give people the opportunity to experience new, better, restored life to the plan that God had. It shook it so well that it takes what Satan had meant for our harm. He wants to hold us captive in graves of shame in graves of hurt, in graves of anger and resentment and bitterness, in graves that are just very painful and difficult that don't lead to the best life that we can experience. And the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ has given us the opportunity uh, to be able to, to draw out of that. You know, in, in every aspect of your life, marriage, family, work, your community involvement, you know, and more, right? All of it. And all of it, it can be better as a result of Jesus having victory over the grave and and shaking loose those foundations in our lives as well. I want to look at some historical accounts of Jesus, which is what we've been doing leading up to this Easter Sunday. And they involve a particular follower of his as well. There's three different accounts, and I think that they paint a picture for how life can be uh, dramatically restored in a new and a powerful way to us as well. Uh, So let me share those with you. The, The first one begins when Peter, James, and John and go off alone with Jesus. And this is called the Mount of Transfiguration. When God does something to reveal the, the nature, the power of Jesus, the fact that he is God in the flesh. And in this powerful moment, there's some statements that are made. Listen to what Peter says. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But look at how God responds when Peter says that. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. 
a powerful statement from God. I would imagine that Peter in that moment felt a little bit rebuked by God. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's what God's intention was, but I know that if I'm in that moment, I make a statement, and that's the response that I hear thundering down from heaven. I'm going to think, okay, maybe I wish I would have known a little bit better, you know, about this whole situation. Maybe I wish I had a better understanding of what's going on, better knowledge of it. Now, the next incident is taking place when ultimately Jesus withdraws to a place in the north with his closest followers. They go on a retreat, essentially. Part of the purpose is to prepare their hearts for what's coming. Uh, He knows a difficult storm they're about to go through, and he wants to try and help get their minds right. This is where the famous statement from Peter takes place when Jesus says, Who do you say I am? And Peter replies, You're the Messiah, the Son of the living God which is what anybody wanting to give their life to Jesus would certainly reply as well. And so as he makes this statement, Jesus goes on to then say, well, you know what, I'm going to give up my life. I'm going to be a sacrifice for the world. And Peter rebukes Jesus. I I don't know if there's ever a good time to consider that option, but that's exactly what Peter did. And look at how Jesus responds to him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Now, Peter not only heard a hard command from God, a a hard word from him, now he's hearing a a harsh rebuke from Jesus as well. I would imagine that was difficult to, to swallow in his stomach. Now, the third incident is the most famous, the most memorable Without a doubt, even if you're not familiar with the church or familiar with the Bible, I bet you've heard something about this one as well. Uh, This comes after the arrest of Jesus. It comes when all of his disciples have deserted him. And Peter's trying to secretly follow close by, to be close, to see what's going on with the trial of Jesus. And, And this is where this takes place. And when some of them had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him, but he denied it. He said, woman, I don't know him. Then as it goes on, it says, a little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replies. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him. For he is a Galilean. And Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. You see, if you know the story, Jesus had predicted this would take place. He told Peter, you're going to deny me. And Peter's like, no way. I would never deny you. In the presence of Jesus, he was bold, confident. And in this moment, he demonstrates a a real struggle to stand up for Jesus. And look at what happens in that very moment. The Lord turned, looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Maybe you can imagine the kind of shame, the kind of guilt, uh, the kind of fear and sense of failure um, that Peter must have experienced in that moment. I mean, eyes locked with Jesus, Jesus straight in at him as well. 
and knowing that he had just denied ever knowing him, and yet he spent the last three years of his life with him. Uh, let me just draw out a couple of quick observations from these three incidents, these three historical moments in the life of Jesus. I think the first one, Peter demonstrates a lack of knowledge. Um, he thinks he knows what he needs to know, and yet we see that God says, no, Jesus is going to guide you to know what you need to know. You need to listen to him. We kind of learn from that a, a simple statement is this. We can only follow God when we listen to Jesus. Jesus is that doorway. He's that pathway. He's our perfect guide to know, to trust, and to be united with God and to experience the life that God had intended for us from the very beginning. The second incident, Peter lacked trust. He wanted to go his way. He wanted to do things how he had envisioned doing them. And from that and the statement that Jesus gives to Peter, we learn this reality as well. We can only trust God when we trust that his plan is better. Even when it's not the easiest thing. In fact, we know that most often the easiest thing isn't the right thing um, for certain. Uh, and, and when we learn to trust that God's plan is better, it's a hard step to take, but it leads to a life that gives us far more perspective than we have on our own. Now, the third incident, Peter failed to have courage you know, when, when the foundations of his character had been shaken to, to a certain degree, he really struggled to stand up and to speak out in confidence that he was associated with Jesus. And we can take this away from that. We can only be with God when we stand with courage. It, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of conviction to make a decision to trust in Jesus Christ and to place our faith in his resurrection and to grow closer to know God. Listen, a lack of wisdom is going to cause us to practice humility. There are times when we have to say, I just don't know, or I'm sorry, or I made a mistake. Uh, all of us fail to trust in some ways at some times, and we have to learn how to practice discipline. Uh, to be committed that God is uh, doing something bigger than I could imagine, that God's plan is better than how I would plan things out as well. And that's, that's hard. It takes a significant amount of trust, which is practiced in discipline. And all of us at one time or another, we've rejected God in some way, some form. And that requires for us to learn how to practice courage, uh, to really stand up for what we believe uh, and do it in, in a right way, in a humble way, in, in a helpful and loving and encouraging way as well. So it's humility, discipline, courage. Uh, none of these things come easy, and especially in a world uh, that alters God's truth, that hijacks his plan, and ultimately rejects God's son, uh, they're even more difficult. Uh, to, to practice and to envision as well. And, you know, if I only preach a simplistic hope on Easter Sunday, it, it may sound good, it may feel good, we may walk away saying, oh, great, yeah, Jesus Christ resurrected from the grave. Everything in my life is going to be better. But it's not real. It's only half the truth. You know, because hope came at a significant price. Hope came at uh, the ultimate crucifixion uh, of Jesus where God's judgment was placed. And it's not always the easiest thing that we can do in life that we want to experience, but God leads us to the most satisfying, the most significant purpose and meaning in new and better life as well. 
Here's the reality. Following Jesus is a choice. And my sincere prayer is that you will make that decision. You'll make that choice because Jesus Christ will give you a hundred times fold, a hundred times over, whatever it is that this world can and will at times take away from us. And there's a faith that comes about in our lives for that only when we can really see and understand the historical fact of the resurrection and the power that exists within God through his son, Jesus Christ, for us. I'm confident that Peter had some significant bouts with his doubts when it comes to this uh, last moment in his life. I mean, that memory, that moment must have played over in his head time and time again, seeing the eyes of Jesus look at him, playing through his mind saying, you know, what if I'd have done this? What if I'd have said that? I, I have no doubt that he had a lot of what ifs going on after the death of Jesus. And here's the real powerful reality. Just as some of us are concerned about, you know, what about tomorrow? What about next week? Uh, a lot of things are going on right now as a result of this virus within our community. And a lot of people are struggling and having a hard time because of it. And here's what I want to point out to you. There's no way that Peter felt the same way three days later that he felt in that moment. It radically changed. And it's amazing how three days can change something. How three days can bring about a very powerful transition and difference in his life. With God, he can bring about some amazing and powerful things. Doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. Doesn't mean it's always going to be quick. But it means we can always trust on him and count on him. Think about this. As a result of the resurrection, people change the world. Let me give you this simple statement. And the result of the resurrection is new, better, and permanent life. A life where you can make a radical impact in your own surroundings, in your family, in your community, at work, and so on and so forth. Because as we look at the truth of the gospel, this world has been radically shaped and radically changed because of an unlikely group of people who many years ago put their faith, put their trust, that God uh, can lead us into the things that we need to know, that God's plan is better and is a courageous act to stand with him. And they made an impact in this world that's rippled to every corner and it's rippled all the way into eternity as well. What they do will stand for all time. That's the kind of life everybody wants. That's the kind of newness that everybody wants to experience. Listen, Jesus stuck around for 40 days after his resurrection. He spent time with his disciples. And I'm so glad that there's this one recorded account in John's gospel uh, that, uh, where Peter and, and, and Jesus have this encounter together. Uh, Peter and John are in a boat. They're fishing. And from the shore, they realize it's Jesus on the shore calling to them. Uh, Peter jumps out of the boat. He tries to get to Jesus as fast as, as he could. The next scene is them having breakfast together. And Jesus is saying to Peter over and over again, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And on the third time he says this, look at what happens. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, this is Peter, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. This powerful restorative moment where I have no doubt that Peter was thinking I'm a failure. 
there's no fixing what I've done. There's no going on to new life. Uh, he thought maybe reviewing all these different things that he had said or done in these moments that I'm just not cut out for it. And yet here was Jesus with amazing grace, his powerful love, saying my resurrection has the power to overcome any mistake that you've made and to give you new life that you would desire to have. Listen, from that simple statement that we see between uh, Jesus and Peter, we can recognize that God is passionate about restoring us in a relationship to him and restoring new life and better life to us regardless of how we've denied him or rejected him. We also see from that last statement that uh, God will engage us in ways that aren't always comfortable. Sometimes it's going to hurt, maybe hurt us even physically in a sense to where we struggle with something in our life or, or hurt us uh, emotionally as Peter was hurt in this encounter here as well. And one more thing, God will cause us, uh, call us to a new life and a great purpose and a great significance as we see him calling Peter here and saying, listen, uh, you can have new life. You can have a better life. Just remember how Peter was restored to God. Just remember how Peter went from, that's it. Everything's changed for me. You know, a failure, unforgivable to recognizing I have significant purpose in this new life that God is calling me to. It was because he believed in the resurrection power of Jesus. Let me just leave you with this. When you believe in the resurrection power of Jesus, you can have new, better life. So much more significance, so much more meaning, better, new to where it impacts your family, it impacts your community, it impacts everything you do, everywhere you go. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to read your word, to praise you, to worship you on Easter Sunday. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, Lord, uh, to recognize that um, you restore, you love, you place before us new life, a new adventure, new beginnings, and, and the power for radical transformation and change. Help us to trust you, Father. Help us to take steps to know you better. Uh, give us a sense of courage to stand up for you where we need to. Uh, help this be a, a bit of a motto and a, uh, you know, just a mantra for us in our lives and taking the steps forward today and next week and the month ahead uh, to trust you and to follow you more. And for those who are trying to figure out, those who are trying to place their faith, those who are trying to put their trust in you, Lord, I pray that you'd put the right people in their path, that you'd bring the right word to them, that they'd be encouraged uh, to know the resurrection power that can bring new life into their, into their world and, and into what they're experiencing. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.